What up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Laud Times podcast. I am joined by my friends tonight that are here in the house. Mr. Lou, Tigres English, how are we doing tonight? What's up, guys? Great to be here again. Absolutely. Uh, rocking that awesome white and gold jersey. Not what, what category was that? The May or... What did you end up uh, I, th I think we hit this one on the nice, didn't we? Um, I think so. Dennis? I think we I think did. This one, yeah, yeah, I think this yeah. one hit nice. Yeah, it was. It was really interesting that that one did not make a higher uh, tier. I would have put that one in a higher tier, especially. You know what ruined it for this white one is the the retro the retro uh, white one. It ruined it yeah. for every other white uh -huh. one out yeah. there. Yeah, I can uh, you see know, it, it just set the bar up way too high. That 82 throwback that they released just it was just too good, man. I have a special uh care for that one. It's my Rafa Carioca jersey. So, it's a beautiful jersey, man. Yeah, I've only worn that a couple of times and I've used it like as an outing, uh, just because it's white, clean, nice. Uh, Dennis, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, it's good to be back. Sorry, I was unable to to make it last week. Essentially, I got I got not dragged into, but I got called into this random thing in Stephenville last week, like last minute. And so we were we were not done till ten o'clock. So by the time I got freed up, I was like, "Well, they're definitely already recording." So I missed you guys last week, but it was a really great episode. It was fun to to hear it uh, over the weekend when I was driving and traveling. So uh, good to be back, though. I, I do like being here. Amazing. We missed your sweet voice, man. Hey, yeah, man. and Lou, did you have you noticed this man's like going becoming more uh prominent on social media with all these little concerts he's having? Man, he's he's big time, man. He's just he does it all too. He's basketball, football. He he's just he's everything. Guitar, he's our Jesus man. Composes my this man guy. my man Dennis in the house. Good grief. Seamus Flood, go listen to Super Bowl episode on my podcast that just dropped. It's actually today. really good. I heard, or... it, I heard it this afternoon, uh, Dennis. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And lastly, Edgar, double L Nation in the house, bro. Sorry we put you through all that, my friend. <laughs> I love catching up with you guys. It's, it's part of the, the fun that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to give out a shout out to um, everybody tuning in and sending us Feedback about the episodes. We love to hear it. Shout out, Sean. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, shout out to Sean. Haven't um we need to get him back on the pod. Agreed. Uh we need some hot takes. All right, fellas. Well, let's dive into uh Tigres coming from uh disappointing two to two tie after being up two to zero uh with a Nico Ibanez brace. The sound of that just sounds awesome. It sounds reassuring. Uh, I know, Lou, you weren't reassured with that penalty kick, but we'll get to that eventually. Uh, saw your uh, thoughts and reflection on that, how he took it. So we'll definitely dive into that. But two to two, tie. Um, seems like we just let our foot off the gas. Um, let's talk about, you know, some of that play in that first half. Any uh anything that stuck out to you fellas as far as you know improvement of play over the last few weeks and lineup thoughts as well as we repeated the same lineup again um uh, with Choi Garza being the latest new addition in the last couple of games taking over the injured Aquino. Uh Lou, 
we'll start off with you. Um, overall thoughts about the, you know, tie. I thought the first half was really good. The movement up top was excellent. Uh, we got a man, one of the best games I've seen from Chuy Garza in, in years. Uh, and so that was, that was encouraging to watch. I was a little bit worried about how he would perform in these games with like, you know, out, but he's been doing great. Lainez, I thought improved, not much improvement, but there was some improvement from the previous game. And so that first half, I think it's, it's what we want to see. Unfortunately, in the second half, the team just decided they were going to, you know, quit. And the game was, you know, they thought, I guess it was over and they, they stopped, they stopped performing. Intensity went down. You, you could see it. I, I tweeted out like 45 seconds before the goal that we had dropped our intensity. And every time we, we drop our intensity, we always give up goals. It's just our nature. And, and so it, it bit us in the butt. I mean, it was poor defending, bad transitions, uh, like we've been talking about, it's it's uh, it's a recurring issue. We've mentioned how how bad we are to defending counters, and it, it cost us again. Uh, the subs weren't great. I don't know what you guys think, but I wasn't too pleased with Seawoldy uh, subs either. Yeah, I want to start off there uh, from the things that you mentioned, uh, Dennis. What's up with these subs? What uh, what went wrong? And you know, what would you have done different based on play? Um, I would have, I probably would have brought on OCL earlier. That that's kind of my first take. I thought he came on a little too late. He should have came on with, uh, APG. That that's what I would have done. Uh, initially, I would have loved to have seen Cello. Um, I under again, I understand why he's not getting minutes right now, but I would much rather have him than Quinones because I I I am constantly getting more and more disappointed with Quinones. Um, at least so far. Um, yeah, just just an odd game. Uh, tale of two halves, like like uh, Lou was talking about. Um, there were some some good performances. Um, uh, from some players, like I, I thought the midfield, uh, between Carioca and Gori was actually pretty solid. Um, obviously you talked about Chewy. Uh, better Angulo game than than recently, but I thought this was probably the the worst we've seen Bruneta. Uh, in our colors so far, uh, lost a lot. I think he maybe have lost all of his duels. Um, just not not as impactful as he was uh, in the first few games of the year, and that's okay. I mean, you go through little highs and lows like that, and when you're uh, like adjusting to a team. But yeah, I, I thought the subs were were odd. They were a little too late. Just all of them felt like a little bit too late. Um, I thought it was odd to bring on Vigon till the very end. I would have liked to have seen him come on a little bit earlier to kind of help controlling the game. Um and it was a desperation yep. sub that yeah that'd be going sub. Right. Yeah. And yeah, the other thing too that's that I'll what say. It felt like. I yes. agree. Yes. So the, the first the first two subs were made in the 66 minute. Uh right around so that's late. Yeah, that's especially late. with uh you know having two zero, I feel like you know the, the team was getting stale. Um so I feel like Latinia que mover antes. So I'm I'm with you on that. Um then we had 75th minute, Osiel Herrera, Diego Reyes was the second set of sub, and then be going in the 85th minute. So definitely desperation. And I want to talk about a little bit about Osiel Herrera. Um, 75th minute, 15 minutes of gameplay. 
plus whatever was added. I think it was like, what, four minutes, five minutes? So let's call it 20 minutes of gameplay for a guy who has scored quite a bit of goals now under uh, our squad or with our squad. And looks like he is definitely willing to at least. He looks like he wants to take on players. Uh, he gets involved, lots of movement, um, and then he's there at the right time to pull pull off either a tie, a go-ahead goal for us. So a lot of potential there with Osiel Herrera. That's what we got him here for. Edgar, what are your thoughts on him um, still not getting the minutes and overall, you know, your opinion on Osiel Herrera moving forward? I mean, I definitely think he deserves more minutes. I think you can only do so much with a limited time that you have. So if we're not seeing the results that we know he can deliver, it's uh, it's tough. And I mean, I know the second goal came at the 50th minute, but I think at that point, it's like the perfect opportunity to bring him in. You're up to zero on the scoreboard. There's plenty of time for him to actually make a difference, get that third goal in or an assist and lock in the game and maybe wouldn't have struggled as much as we did. Towards the end, as we saw. Yeah, overall, not a good performance. What are the, what are we taking away from this game, Lou? As we, uh, you know, move on, obviously to the next game of the season, and then as we are about to start, Concacaf. Well, the the low hanging fruit is always going to be that we need to improve the back line. But to be honest with you, and I mentioned it about two weeks ago, every time we drop our intensity. It's our it's our midfield that ends up dropping the, their intensity first, so we lose the midfield, and then we start we start dropping intensity as a unit, uh, and so I think moving forward, Cibaldi's going to have to find a spark, somebody that can come in. Uh, maybe it should have been Vigon. If you're going to pull out Brunetta because he's not giving you what you want, maybe you should have been Vigon coming in to give you the spark. Uh, but he just he lost the midfield, and and every time we lose the midfield, we just we lose games, and so. Uh, that's that's been disappointing. Uh, I was looking at the, one interesting stat. Somebody put it, pull, uh, posted that I can't remember who who it was, but uh, six yellow cards in six games. To me, that's very few yellow cards. We actually lead the the league, which I mean, it's a good thing to be a leader in in the least amount of cards. But it tells you that our midfield's not doing their job. Uh, we should be picking up more yellows because we need to be more intense. Uh, on these counters, our midfield needs to be the first line of defense. In other words, if if they're going to come in, you know, fast and furious up our, our mid, somebody needs to foul. And, you know, it needs to be some kind of tactical foul, some kind of strategic foul there to be able to stop counters. And so to me, I, I'd like to see us kind of increase that number a little bit to to be able to stop some of these counters. Now that, I, that you mentioned that, I don't think I've seen – a Tigres managed the game or changed the pace and momentum of games with a choppy style of play. You know, they we try to like settle down the other team by creating long possessions, uh, those meaningless possessions that we like to call them uh, when there's not a lot of transition forward and a lot of dropping back uh, for safety and, you know, switching sides. But I don't think I recall a game where Tigres gets a choppy, slows down momentum through fouls, yellow cards, like you're mentioning. So good point there. Uh, really hadn't considered it. And Can we have the guys it? to do it. I mean, Gordy, Gordy looks like he could be that guy, but he hasn't been. So to me, that's that's something we can improve on. 
Can I just say real quick? I'm really disappointed with Nahuel. You got to say both of those, man. Poor. Yeah. They were slow. Those balls were slow. I understand the header a little bit, but that second goal you got to save, bro. I'm sorry. I feel like the first goal, it's, you know, it was sort of unexpected. Like, and he even like, he looks awkward, like moving yeah. back on the ball. So yes. I feel like it was just too close. So I all, definitely, I, I don't think he had, he could have done too much more, even if he was the only thing he could have probably feel of that uh, better. But, you know, especially with how many high risk he takes, I thought he would have feel of that better, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass that. The second one, I feel like it's a lot more of the on Diego Reyes and, you know, Lou, you know, suggested the new pod with Peyo or whatever show, uh, not sure if it's actually a pod, but live football stream. champagne. Yeah. Football champagne with Juninho and Peyo. And they were breaking down that specific play and Juninho, you know, essentially blames Diego Reyes. Se desentendió. What a, what, yeah. a gen- what a gentleman. <laughs> Completely fell asleep on the play. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, the way they, they posted it up during the breakdown, it was clearly on him. Like, I mean, yeah. it, they, they, they froze the, the image right at that frame. And so, yeah, I mean, it's clearly, he's just, it's his guy and he totally lost the mark. The best part is that they start the analyzing with, no están mal parados, tigres están bien parados. Like, not only did you have more players on your side of the field, but you fell asleep with a lot more players, you know, versus their players attacking. Yeah, I think he mentioned, what, like five defenders, five of our defenders, which is three of their attackers. And and we're just not, we're not in the right positions. It was, and then Capi, you know, you expect, he, like I said, true gentleman. He made the comment about Gil Pizarro. uh, He was like, I know Pizarro well, so I know he would have told him to, like, atento, you know, you watch your back, turn around. I was like, bro, these guys, you, I was like, you love these guys because, you know, they all played under you, but but come on. They they definitely both fell asleep on the play. Diego Reyes a lot more to blame there. But uh, I saw the poll through some, uh, you know, heavy, you know, has a lot of followers on Twitter. One of those uh, in Spanish, they do a little bit of analyzing. I don't know if it was Pierro Tigre or or I think that's Pierro Tigre or Rafa. I can't remember who uh, posted the poll, but they said who was our best defender. And I clicked Pizarro and he was leading the, the, the poll, but which tells you what place we're in when Pizarro is our, is our best center back. Yep. So got to turn it around. Any uh, last additions uh, about that game, Edgar? I mean, from what I saw, we're our own worst enemy. We had the victory and let it go. It's not something that, you know, who my style football does or anything. Yeah, these games are annoying. And yeah, it's the second time in a row that we've been our own worst enemy, but it's nothing we can't fix. So I'm not terribly concerned. Arnoldo, since uh, Sean's not here, can I do a quick hot take? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really, I'm really disappointed with Siboldi's uh, post-press conference, man. I mean, yeah, it, it gave I me Miguel Herrera vibes. I mean, he was blaming everybody except us. Like That game, you can't blame anybody but ourselves on that one. He he had bad subs, and then the guys took 20 minutes off. They took the last 20 minutes of the game off, and you, you can't go around like blaming the ref, even though, you know, you know, it could that – that handball didn't really get truly reviewed. It got 
it was a booth review up top and they called it really quickly and the you know whatever whatever you want to say about it either way you lost the game it was you know you did it to yourselves and so to him come out and say hey like let's blame the, the refs and this and that we played better it just man he need, he needs to just you know be quiet and and not even mention that kind of stuff to me it's just poor excuses yeah i i could i could definitely uh agree with that and i feel like in past games where we've criticized him or like mentioned you know feedback about some things that he didn't do well it was minor things or things that weren't really like you know too much to hang on but i feel like with those words and also like the play of the team overall throughout all games and then especially you know letting your guard down there i feel like that was probably his worst uh managed game since he's arrived but agreed positive note still on being at the el volcan somehow <laughs> wild so still unbeaten for the season too yeah it's, yeah jeez uh super wild but um i think short term um i'm more concerned short term than long term about the team and yeah i can get with that and the short term meaning from here to may Long term, I feel like we're gonna be okay. I feel like there's some things that are becoming or coming more to light that are hindering us in a certain way, and I think we've mentioned it um, through various different times. I think that because Pizarro is the best center back, because he's the captain, because everything he's given to the club, there's a little, you know, a little more consideration to continue to let him play in, in that starting position, which I. Honestly, do not mind. I think he's our best defender. Um, but I think he definitely requires someone who's better than him at the position. And Samir and Diego Reyes are not it. Purata's not it. And so him having to take the title of the of the best center back is not doesn't help us. So then it puts you in a position, okay, well, you can't really high, uh, sign another foreign player back there because you got Samir Caetano and Pizarro. So you have two foreign spots. And we talked about it. The six, most of the success the teams have had, especially Tigres, is when they've had a really good backline of, you know, balance between Mexican and foreign players and all the attacking positions being uh, the or the midfield on forward, the foreign spots. So I think we're in a bad position there. And then obviously Carioca is still playing and producing at a high level, you know, and having to have two foreign mids also, you know, doesn't allow you. And then Quinones. So I feel like. The short term, I'm a little concerned because I don't see too much improvement happening from where we're at. We're going to continue to win games because we manage them, because we have the talent. But I think I am not convinced by the overall uh, long-term play of the squad because we have some things that are sort of seem untouchable. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because it still puts you in a position to compete at a high level, therefore either making a semifinal appearance or final appearance, but I'm not too confident as us being the true contender. Um, like I was last season um, with our squad, I feel like we're at best currently. And with the issues that I mentioned just now, third um, best squad, closer to fourth best squad. So I don't know what you guys think about that. 
we need uh, help from the other teams to beat each other up in order to have a, a better chance down the line, I feel like. Um, and we could talk about this later, but I feel like this coming summer is pivotal um, as far as like some certain uh, decisions that need to be made. Honestly, some of them should have happened in January. Um, looking at Yuki Yonis, that should have happened, um, but it didn't. And now that is a summer problem that we need to really be on top of if you know if I'm the front office I needed to already be looking at you know uh young talented defenders down in uh in uh, South America uh specifically um or if you can try to find somebody in Europe that would be good as well um you need somebody back there I agree with you Arnold though big time with Pizarro um and a, a bunch of other things and again we can talk about this and the crazy later, thing but... is like they've made pivotal decisions over the last two years with additions that have been great additions for the long-term project and the short-term project perception. But it just seems like they don't have to make these huge moves. Like they should do them like they have been doing, you know, consistently uh, with the plan. But I feel like, again, the respected positions and what they produce, especially contributing to that championship, which all three did. Quinones, uh, Pizarro, and Carioca contributed heavily to that uh, championship run against Chivas. So that's why I'm a little concerned there. But overall, I think that they don't have to be so splashy about it. Like, it's, it's it can be subtle enough that, you okay, you parted away with Quinones. Let, let's, let's plan. It doesn't have to be a huge splash. It just has to be an impactful splash. So. The only thing I'll say is uh, Purata hasn't gotten any minutes, so we don't know how he works with Pizarro, but I guess you could say he, he doesn't work because maybe in practice it's not happening. I don't know if you guys noted during the the Peyo and Juninho show that, that uh, Peyo mentioned that during practice, Samir told Purata to slow down uh which which kind of kind of tells you that Purata might have been playing a little too hard which tells me he's trying to win a spot and Samir kind of is telling him hey you know slow it down you know we, you know it kind of it there's something going on there that that we're not being told and it's a little weird that he hasn't gotten any minutes this this season uh so to me I don't want to lump Purata in there with the rest of them because he hasn't gotten a fair shot, in my opinion. I think we would have, we should have at least seen him already with with this back line. So I don't know what's going on there. But I, long term, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like in in the postseason, I don't see us making the mistakes we made in the second half. I think we're gonna tighten up. We'll we'll be a lot more focused, and th those kind of mistakes kind of go away in the postseason. They they tend to go away in the postseason for us. So we'll see. Right. Um, I was going to add to what you said about the just the postseason in general. You know, that's when we turn it on. But I feel like it's time to let that go and be consistent yeah. from the get go. Oh, especially especially now. when you're dumping, you're dropping that much money on the squad too. you know, you're not playing to, to have a bad start. And, and in Go ahead. In the context of this season, like we have to tomorrow, <laughs> like Concacaf is tomorrow. We have to be on starting tomorrow. There, there's no more like waiting around and shaking the rust off. Like 
now with CONCACAF being the way it is, where it's just two leg ties the whole way, figure it out, boys. Let's go. Yep. And that's why I was rooting for a 1-1 tie um, on Sunday's match, or what was it, Saturday's match after our game, because I knew that either, si uno se despega, you know, like we need the home the home field advantage. And so it's better to keep all close. Uh, last question before we uh, start talking about the match tomorrow night against Vancouver. Does Purata, do we want Purata to start because we are tired of the options or do we actually think that he could contribute uh, and be better than what we have as the options currently? You got to have competition in that spot, in my opinion. The, the the guys you have starting haven't won that position, in my opinion. You haven't had good games from Reyes. You haven't had good games from Samir. So there has to be some sort of competition. And for a guy to not get minutes, to me, that's odd. It, I mean, it, to me, I just it just doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't at least give him some minutes. So so in order for there for there to be competition, which is healthy when you don't have an automatic starter, when you don't have somebody that's solidified in that position, you, you got to rotate these guys in and see who's who's going to win that spot. And I to agree. me, Purata hasn't gotten a fair shake. Well, he will have that chance tomorrow night, hopefully with some playing time, if Tigres takes care of business, because he's on the team sheet, which traveled to Vancouver, but not playing at the Vancouver Whitecaps Stadium, playing about an hour or two away. Not can't recall the city name, but we saw the picture today. It was shared uh, with us and smaller stadium, um, more of a, you know, USL type stadium vibes, uh, you know, maybe a little not b- bigger than or better than a high school football stadium in the state of Texas, but definitely still turf, still turf. Uh, not our best in terms of how we like to play. So um, you'll have a shot there, but let's get into the game itself. Everyone traveled. Um, everybody's going to be available. Um, there's been reports about a lineup that was practiced on Monday. Um, a couple of reporters from Monterrey reported it. Uh, usually the guys that actually have credible information, which guys, there's only five guys out there that actually cover Tigres with validity in terms of having pull with the team and getting news as well as actual good reporting and like not throwing chicharron out there like local Monterrey Prince of us. Vladimir is one of them. Uh, uh, Adrian is it Rosales with Jorge Rosales. Jorge Rosales. Jorge Rosales, Beto Flores. Even if he's part of that multimedios, he's usually on point with his information they just he releases his information weird like he's not very good at like social media and i think that might have to be with his um older uh attributes as opposed to the younger guys that are reporting so um and then there's Gotti, whose name is edgar if i'm not mistaken and then uh Peyo. edgar martinez edgar martinez and then Peyo. those are the reliable credible sources i would probably say uh, that cover Tigres. Uh, so the, some of those guys reported that the lineup that we are predicted to play against Vancouver tomorrow is Nahuel Guzman, uh, the keeper. Then we have Chuy Garza, Diego Reyes, Guido Pizarro, and Jesus Angulo with 
Carioca and Bigon in the midfield. Out wide, we have Luisao Rey Quiñones and Osiel Herrera making an appearance into the predicted lineup, as well as Cordova behind Andre Pierre with Bruneta sitting out, Nando sitting out, Diego Lainez sitting out. Um, so, different lineup, and Samir sitting out, different lineup than what we saw this weekend. Initial thoughts about the possible predicted lineup according to these fellas. Lulu. I like it. Um uh we have bench players that can come in and, and deliver. I mean, to me, Bigon being in there, he's he's just as capable as, as Gorri is. Um Luis Quinones, obviously, we know what he's capable of. Uh so that, you know, I think we have good options off the bench. To me, at this point. You know, Reyes and, and Samir Caetano, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, so I think for the most part, it's a good lineup. It's You're on the road. You're on turf. Uh, I like it. I think it's a good good rotation of the squad. I don't see us uh, being deficient in any part uh, of the lines that we play in. So I think for for this Vancouver team, I think it's good enough. Okay, okay. Edgar. Out of the guys coming into the lineup, Osiel, Bigon, Diego Reyes, Luisao Quiñones, who are you most excited for and who are you least excited for? Let's start with who I'm least excited for, Diego Reyes. And I don't know if it's, I'm just still bothered by the last game, but <laughs> I don't care too much to give him any minutes. If it were me, um, I'd put Purata in, really. I Purata. think would have been a great opportunity to actually give him that opportunity that he hasn't had, as Lou was mentioning. Um, and I think, you know, if he does it poorly, well, there's a second leg, and I don't think he's going to be the one player to ruin an entire game for you. So um, that's how I feel about that. Uh, but I am excited to see Osiel. Absolutely. I think we all are. Dennis, what uh, any surprise into that lineup? That was predicted. No, I think rotation is necessary because it feels like every week we've played two games a week so far. And that's only been because of the league. It's not even because of Champions League yet. But now that Champions League is a thing, it's going to be become more prominent. Um, I know you didn't ask me this specifically, but I'm really curious to see how Vancouver comes out tomorrow. This is their first game of the season. Uh, this is kind of how MLS teams that are in CONCACAF start their season, which is always kind of odd. Um, as we just talked about, different stadium, uh, different atmosphere. I'm really curious to see if they play a similar game to the way they played us in League's Cup back in the summer, where they were like really um, not like all the way parking the bus, but they, they had a, a nice block setup, but were really good in transition and were trying to uh, make quick decisions. Do do they do that or do they be a little bit more open, take a few more risks? Because I don't know if they'll if it's smart for them to do that uh when they come to Monterrey next week. I'm curious to see how they how they've kind of figured it out because I, I think a lot of it depends on how they want to approach next week, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Do they stay ultra defensive and try to grind out a result um at our place next week or or do they try to go for it? I think because of that we're going to see the maybe the opposite of that tomorrow. I, I'm really curious because, again, they're going to be fresh off of training and 
they may be a little rusty and that may be good for us, but I, I don't know. They're a team that, that bothered us last summer. And so hopefully that's not to that effect again. But as far as lineup goes, I'm not surprised. Rotation is good. Anybody that you would have seen different? Are you, are you on, 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 on point with uh, Purata being the selection there instead of Diego Reyes? Why not? I mean, it's it makes sense considering it's MLS uh, competition and that's what he's familiar with. That's what he's played against the last like year and a half. And so from that angle, it's like, well, duh. Like he knows kind of the style uh, that these teams are going to play. So uh, for Great that, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I think you, you you guys convinced me. I think especially with the uh, United experience, Atlanta United experience as a recent uh, a couple of things there that you mentioned. Uh, very interesting that they're starting the season against us in CONCACAF, which we've known from previous competition. That was always the biggest complaint about the media uh, in the Spanish network, either defending the MLS or justifying, um, you know, the, you know, the performances of the MLS. Um, some of the American media also that cover the game um, also mentioned that they always start the season. You know, it's just, Starting the season with CONCACAF is not the best from a competitive aspect for them. But funny enough, now they do the same two as in Leagues Cup. And that was the last time we played Vancouver Whitecaps in the Leagues Cup. And I all honestly, I think it's going to be a very choppy game on, on their side. A lot of kickball. Um, I feel like there is going to be a lot of rust. And I'm not sure if it's shaking it off completely. You got to get your legs under you. And I feel like being one of the first, you know, a t facing Tigres in the first um, play of competition of the of the CONCACAF is not probably the best scenario in terms of getting your legs under you. So I feel like it's going to be a little choppy, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for them because I think that they are, even though they had the low block when we played it in the Least Cup, I think where they at in shape and game form, I think it definitely makes it more easier of a game to disturb the play of Tigres, especially with the turf aspect. So. I'm looking at uh, Vancouver's uh, roster. Not a lot of big names in that roster, man. I mean, outside of Tristan Blackman, I'm not seeing a lot of big names there. So I'm, I'm kind of with Dennis on that. I think they're probably going to park the bus and, and they probably watched plenty of film on us and they probably know that we're terrible defending the counter. So I wouldn't be surprised if they throw some speed up the wings and, and try to catch us uh, snoozing on, on several plays. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I feel like it's going to be choppy for them. They're probably not going to be in their best shape and they're probably going to park the bus as well and counter. So we'll see, we'll see how that works out for us. We don't do well in turf. Uh, and that's historical. Every time we've gone to Tijuana, we, we usually play pretty bad, so I'm not trying to tender la cama or anything, but I don't expect a brilliant game from us either, so we'll see. Uh, obviously, a tie favors us going home, so let's see how that works out. They added some uh, some attacking uh, options uh, over the offseason, Vancouver did. Um, I know they added, I think, two, one of them being uh, Fafa Pico, who... Former FC Dallas man, former uh, Nashville man last year, Dynamo. kind of a yeah Dynamo guy, uh, dynamic off the bench especially. Not so much a starter anymore, but he's got some speed and brings a lot of experience. And so I, that's a that's a good addition for them because 
they had a decent attack last year, but they kind of needed to bolster uh, some of their options. So that will probably change some of the dy- dynamic a little bit if he's on the field. But um, like Lou said, not a ton of like recognizable names from them as far as we know. So I'm looking at their match history right now. They actually did have a couple friendlies. Uh, Four games, right? January. Yeah, so I had three games against some teams I've not heard of. I think one of them's Norwegian. Right. Uh, um, Vancouver versus Hogginson, tie one to one. Vancouver lost two to one against Topola, and they lost two nil to Puskas Academia. Interesting. The Puskas Academy, I like that. They also brought in uh, a guy from Real Salt Lake, uh, Demir Krylich, who's one of the more like well-known midfielders uh, in MLS, uh, one of the, the key cogs in Salt Lake over the last few years, a big playoff performer. Um, so that's actually kind of a, a good play for them because their midfield was kind of in last year. I'm looking at their roster. And I see a lot of players who are definitely going to slow the game down with fouls. Krylich being I don't see the one you listed, Dennis. What was the name of the guy you mentioned? Demir, the Kry- Demir Krylich. Huh. I, he, he's not listed here. I guess uh, I guess he's not on the list. Huh. The, the, the striker the... you mentioned is uh, uh, a Haitian uh, winger, right? Yes, Fafa. Yeah, yeah. Are you looking at the Concacaf like official team sheet? No, I'm I'm on on uh, one of the apps. That's oh, probably okay. why I don't have the oh, latest. Okay. It's gotcha, Spot gotcha. Oh, okay, gotcha. Nonetheless, um, I feel like Tigres has to come out, um, serious mode, take care of business, bounce back after the performance against Pumas, um. You know, obviously we're getting some rotations in, though it there's no excuse to continue to improve play. And I feel like that squad alone could start a game in Liga Mekis and, you know, put up some dubs. So it's not by any means a weaker squad per se. It's still a very competitive squad with Andre Pirgignac leading the attack. Um, so, and we want him to continue to escalate goals. I think he's at, what, 15, 16 goals in CONCACAF? Tied with Chupete Suazo and the Nigris. Chuletita Rosco, uh, surprisingly, yeah. leads the, the CONCACAF. Yeah. So I think that that's a great opportunity for Gignac also to explore in terms of in the region, not only known for media or from media and running the Mexican League over the last few years, but I think getting some records there or increasing you know, his individual performances in, these comp- in this competition specifically would do well for the Frenchman. Um, I guess we should uh, move on to uh, our predictions for the match and what we uh we, we expect the thing it is to to do tomorrow or how you know score wise. Not everybody at once. Yeah, how are we feeling? We don't sound confident guys. We don't there's no sound at all. All right, so I'll start. I think we score two. I don't think we'll get scored on. I think Gignac finds his groove again. Maybe OCL surprises us with a good, good, beautiful goal. 
Man, you, we we getting all the carne asada, bro. We we going three goals. Possibly. Dennis, I'll I'll say uh, definitely an APG goal for sure. Uh, he loves to play against Vancouver. He scored in every every appearance up north. So I'll say I'll say two nothing as well. I think that's a fair score line because we're not at our peak offensive best right now. Um, and yes, we'll probably get the best part on us. And obviously it's turf, but I don't expect us to struggle that much because again, Vancouver has a lot of rust to shake off themselves, and it's just, it's just such a tough situation for them to to open their season in this way. Uh, but then again, I have no sympathy because. Uh, MLS has been like this forever and ever, and they won't change to the traditional football calendar. So, sucks to suck. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I'm going more on, I'm still leaning towards the choppy and, you know, how we play in turf. So, I don't actually predict a lot of goals. I actually think we're going to come back with like a 1-0 victory. I think the game could be ugly at times, uh, especially with, you know, if the players struggle to find rhythm connecting with each other, Gignac not fully healthy, which he didn't look healthy at all. But I think it was also affected by the overall play during those minutes when he subbed in. It was a weird minutes for Tigres. So I think he was definitely contagious of that and also obviously didn't look looked healthy or in shape or game form. Uh, he looked thinner. I think that that whatever stomach issue that he had virus definitely got him to drop some weight. So I don't know. He looked odd. So I think that, you know, him not being 100% healthy or game form yet, uh, Ociel finally going to get some more minutes. So he'll be in the spotlight and, you know, be gone, which I think he typically works best as a, as a sub. And I think we all know that, but you know, his game definitely changes when he starts. It's a different approach and he's not as energetic and impactful throughout the game he's you know he has a spurt still but not as consistent when he comes in for 20 minutes and he gives you all uh like we're used to so i'm going 1-0 but i'm going a victory for us like i mentioned so i i have faith we'll come back with a positive result do we know or do we remember the rules for like CONCACAF if they do if they count away goals or not because i cannot for the life of me remember if they're old school like they still do away goals or if they're like UEFA Champions League where that doesn't matter anymore. Do we know that? Yes. Remember uh, our previous experience with uh, the Orlando City team and how we advance? Uh, yeah, on our way goals, didn't we? Yes, we tied 1-1 advance, if I'm not mistaken. Or 0-0. I can't even remember. Did we score on them? Yeah, we uh, did. Yeah, we there? did. We just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. There, yes. It was Sebastian who scored. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I think it was 1-1. Um, yeah so i think it's it's definitely still exists so um definitely have to score right that's the main uh purpose and then obviously bringing the victory home so uh we'll see we'll see um i think that tomorrow will definitely enlighten us on what's to come ahead for the next few games as the calendar gets uh intense especially during this month so faith though agreed well this will do it for us here on this episode i think it was a great episode guys i think we had 
lots to talk about. Hopefully we get some great feedback again and uh, give us some, uh, some takes on some things that we discussed, uh, especially today. I feel like the conversation allowed us to really dive into what's going on at Tigres recently. Any uh any thoughts on Femenil real quick before they play uh their next game? Absolutely. We got Toluca on Friday night at was it 9 p.m. 7 p.m. Home, oh, yeah. Five. Oh, it's an early match. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. I don't like that. Friday <laughs> at 5 p.m. Toluca's been we talked about it on the last pod. They they they're doing well. 18 There's... goals, same as Pachuca, who's in second place. Wow. Wow. They're in sixth place with a plus 13 goal differential. Yeah, so they have a really good offense this season. It's going to definitely be something to, to look out for. Yeah, they have that player from uh, uh, that used to play at Santos. I think her name is Peraza. I can't remember her first name. Cintia Peraza, I think it's Cintia Peraza. They have her, uh, who's been really uh, doing really good for them. Um, what other player recently that I I came across? Mm. I can't remember. Did you mention him last episode? I think you did. See, this is what if anybody out there that's listening that you know is more into women's soccer and is not as aware as we could possibly be on the subject. Can someone recommend a good like app? Because the app for Liga Mekis Femenil, it's terrible. Like it, I, I absolutely hate it. I hate that. I can't find like, you know, if I Google Toluca Femenil, it doesn't really allow me to see the players, you know, much about it. So I would love to really get an app so that I can look up the teams and not just the standings and the games that are coming up. Because uh, I would like to know more about these teams, especially with, you know, all of them playing Las Amazonas and, you know, we're seeking another championship. By the way, before you go on, uh, listener, you, you won't know this, but unfortunately, Lou's internet just dropped in the middle of this. But I do have word from him that he is uh, predicting a 1-1 draw uh, for uh, CONCACAF. We're not going to have viewers because we lost Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're all, all gonna tough with him. Yeah, all his all his fans uh are are not here for us. They're here for him. Oh wow. That's that's wild. All right, Lou. Sorry you uh you missed the last few minutes of the pod. Um Edgar, how do you think we're gonna do against Toluca? So I think I mean I know Cruz Azul kind of was a tough opponent i mean that that was one of the most competitive that was their most competitive game for sure and mila martinez's lineup didn't necessarily help us there but i think this is going to be a real test for las amazonas i think uh toluca is definitely going to be a team that we might face again in league yeah, for sure uh regardless i think we'll win but it's it's going to be another bumpy road bumpy evening yeah they have a former Tigres, Sonia Vasquez, who played for us. Natalia Gomez Junco. Um, I think that she was not utilized correctly here at Tigres. She's got great technical ability and great shot on the ball. So former Amazona there. Uh, and then 
Oh, Cynthia, yeah, Cynthia Perez is on there. Number seven, Cynthia Perez. That's what I thought. Well, nonetheless, they've been they've been really good. They've definitely improved their play. So I think it'll be a good match. I think they definitely propose offensive game. So I think it'll be good for another team to attack Pigares and more so a newer team, you know, popping out of the woodwork in terms of um, being competitive with the rest of the league. So I think we'll have an exciting match Friday, but I think that Amazonas will take care of business like usual. And we'll get to see a little bit more of uh, our star players and hopefully increasing their records in terms of goals for our two attackers, Jackie Ovalle and Stephanie Mayor. And Alison Gonzalez continuing to make a big impact after her return to her place of birth in terms of soccer or professional soccer. So cool things to look ahead. We'll see the results and we'll see you all next week with another episode of the La U Times podcast. Bye. Follow us on X and YouTube.